Hey everyone, before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to let you know that upon finishing recording, Nate and I realized we were running our mouths a bit longer than we expected. So as a result, we thought it'd be best to split the episode up into two parts. So this will be the part one installment, as you probably guessed, and the second one will follow up in a day or two. So enjoy, and we'll talk to you soon. Hello and welcome to At The 55, your home for OUA football. Me and Nate are back after a short little hiatus taking in some of the U-Sports semifinal and of course the Vanier Cup uh, game. Just absorbing it all in, of course, the OUA's own Western Mustangs uh, named the, well not named, but uh, took out Saskatchewan to be to claim the 2021 Vanier Cup. Um, so me and Nate are here to sort of talk about everything that's gone on in the last few weeks, what we kind of thought about some of the games, uh, Western picking up the Vanier, then some of the national awards that came out, and then kind of a look back on the OUA season where we thought it was going to go uh, at the start of the year, or in particular, look at some of the predictions that I made and how horrifically they went. If, if you guys thought I was bad picking week to week, um, we should take a look at my record when I picked months ahead of the schedule. But yeah, just sort of the retrospective on how the year went and everything like that. First and foremost, though, Nate, um, welcome back. Uh, it's It's been a minute. Uh, how have you been? Uh, you've been in a little bit of a lockdown situation there in Vienna. Let the folks know how you are doing. Things are good. Lockdown's done Monday. Uh, looking back to uh, getting back to the Christmas market and, uh, you know, having a couple uh, glue vines. Uh, <laughs> some mulled wine, guys. <laughs> oh, excellent. So somehow I'm going to figure out a way to start calling De- Dakota, Dakota glue vine, I guess, um, to make a terrible pun there. But yeah, so let's start off with... Uh, Let's start off with the national championship. I'm sure most people who follow our content were probably tuned in for, um, I'll say, a, a fairly entertaining uh, Vanier Cup game. A bit of a tale of two halves. Final score, Western 27, Saskatchewan 21. Um, you know, my feeling on this one watching it was you know western does what they do best they they, they sort of, they, they want to run the ball pound the rock beat them up and the first half Saskatchewan seemed to be right with them trading punches and it just felt like in the second half I mean of course save for the opening touchdown where it just looked like you know with Trey Humes just rumbling for like the the 25 yard TD to open the scoring aside from that moment it looked like it was going to be um a rough them, rough them up game. Second half, though, it looked like Western kind of beat them down and Saskatchewan just couldn't hold the line anymore against them. What's, sir, your assessment from what you saw in that game? Well, you know, Western did a good job on the forecheck, you know, dumping chase, getting pucks on that. Uh, uh. Now, all that to say, they weren't playing <laughs> hockey, but, oh, my God, did it look at it like it sometimes? I mean, the field yeah. was so icy, like guys are slipping all over the place. Uh, you know, a bit of a mess. I mean, it's funny you see uh, guys pulling up, uh, you know, the skilled players with the Reebok O-lineman cleats from like uh, 2012 or something like that. Uh, so, you know, it's funny to see the teams pull out all the stops in terms of equipment. Um, but, you know, I thought what I thought was an electric first half, I think, like you, I was maybe a bit nervous after that first drive. But um, nice to see Saskatchewan have some success in the first half and then yeah, you know, like you said, you've seen this movie a thousand times before, and it just uh, 
it seemed like it was only a matter of time before Westerners started wearing him out. And, you know, Saskatchewan, just not enough juice uh, on offense to keep up. Yeah, no. And, and you, you mentioning the, the conditions that kind of raised an interesting conversation that was taking place seemingly during the game and afterwards, too, about. I, I like when these games are in Quebec, um, regardless of what that might mean as far as uh, the field conditions and the conditions in general, just because as far as putting butts in the seats, Quebec, I, I don't know what the final numbers were as far as the attendance. It looked like a pretty solid crowd um, is going to do better than most other places. Like we can go back a few years ago when the Vanier was in Hamilton, when Western uh won their last Vanier Cup and I don't remember that game feeling as uh as filled in even though you know we're talking about a larger stadium to you know it's you know it's not if you're putting a game on national tv if it's at Laval or whatever it's not going to look bad you know well no that's a good point but sort of in in this conversation what's your position on some people I guess it kind of raised the question of the idea of it being on a neutral field does that pro- how well does that promote the game how else can could we i guess go about creating a, as big an event i'm still a fan of hey wherever the gray cup's going to be put the vanier right there and have it so if you have a ticket to the gray cup that gains you entry or that gives you 50% off on a vanier to just sort of make it the sort of you know goliath canadian football bonanza weekend um what did you have any thoughts on that uh watching the game did you partake in any of those conversations or or sort of give them any credence uh you know i think that's kind of a conversation that's happened quite a bit over the years um i mean logically you know it's easy to say uh it makes sense to you know match the the vanier and the and the great cup together i remember even growing up i i remember when i was in toronto um, going to the Vanier Cup, uh, I think it was the second iteration of of Mac Laval. Um, and I mean, it was good. It was good, but I I do understand the point that like there are going to be years when you maybe are going to have some trouble. I mean, if it's like out in BC and like you know the greatest game ever played, for example, is out at BC Place and you have Mac and Laval playing each other, like it's kind of you know a bit not the ideal situation you want if you're U Sports. Um, so like, I understand the logic of, you know, let's guarantee some butts and seats and, you know, it's probably a good chance LeVon's going to be in it anyways. And, <laughs> but, you know, being from Ontario, obviously I would love to see it moved around a bit and whether that's, you know, I don't know, some kind of cycling through, uh, the conferences to see who gets home field or a better record, et cetera, et cetera. Tying it with the, with the, with the gray cup. I mean, Maybe just like not Laval next time. I feel like I've just it's been too many times. Like you know, something something else. Play it in uh, none of it or something for all I care. But just uh, I don't. <laughs> let's see a different stadium next time. I I hate to be mean, and frankly, I don't think this. Well, it's probably going to come across mean. Could we just plan so that it's in at least the province of whichever conference is playing the AUS? So could knowing that the uh, the OUA winner, uh, OUA champ was going to play the AUS, could we have looked ahead and be able to say maybe it should be at Tim Hortons Field this year because we're probably going to get an OUA team in the Vanier Cup? Oh, is Zach, that, you is know, that too mean? We're an OUA podcast. I don't know uh, how many AUS heads are going to be uh, 
coming for your head. Uh, but I, I mean, logically, I, I the, the facts are facts at this point, my friend. So uh, I'm I can't. It's hard to criticize that uh, your point there. <laughs> to to quote many many an athlete, just check the scoreboard, man. Just check the scoreboard and. You know, kind of on that point, um, it, once again, we're obviously covering a lot of things that have kind of come out in the news over the last few weeks just to kind of catch up on all the news and notes. And one thing that I think for us was really interesting going into the the semifinal weekend and then to the Vanier was um, Bodog Canada put out actual betting lines for these games. I don't know who they consulted in making those lines. Uh, For anyone listening who may have thought that, like, hey, those at the 55 guys are doing this all year, they probably reached out to them since they have already been doing it and asked them for advice. Um, Actually, to quote myself from a few weeks ago, that's the answer. No one talked to us about nothing. But um, I'm curious where they came up with some of these lines and you know one you know once again i'm sure people are sometimes curious how we came up with our lines the answer is we'll never tell you but going into that semi-final weekend you had the university of montreal at plus 170 western <laughs> western sitting at a cool plus 250 <laughs> university of saskatchewan also at 250 and saint effects um <laughs> plus 280 perhaps maybe the uh as bad generous, and, and, and I believe this is sorry, and those are the odds for making the Vanier. So winning their, um, winning their their respective uh, bowl game. Uh, you are uh, a more uh, no, you are more knowledgeable in the field of of odds making and sort of betting and things like that. Um, kind of going through those numbers once again. So Montreal plus one seventy, Western plus two fifty, Saskatchewan plus two fifty, Saint FX plus two eighty. Obviously, we have hindsight, but just sort of taking a look a few weeks back when you first saw these lines, what sort of jumped out to you as, as most surprising? Because I know this caused a bit of a stir, not just in the excitement that and, – and I first of all, good on Bodog for doing this. I think this is an awesome step in, in further promoting the game and garnering interest. Um, what, what were some of your thoughts on when these lines came out? Well, you know, we have our model – Zach, you've seen the Excel doc. Uh, you know, we're very, very thorough here um, at the it's 55. Rigorous. Uh, <laughs> rigorous. I almost had to drop out of school at one point to to make sure <laughs> we had enough time. Uh, no, but like like you said, I think it's a, a fun thing and it's good for the game. Uh, my thoughts on it. Uh, I wish I was a little more uh, liquid at the time those uh, odds were dropped because, uh, you know, I would have loved to smash some money on, on Western, but, uh, you know, just the reality of the situation. I would love to see more of this going forward. I think, you know, we'll be at the point where we're getting on week to week. I mean, probably not, but I think, uh, you know, kind of going forward and gaining some interest in the game, I think this kind of thing is, is going to be important. I mean, I, I agree uh, fully, completely. I mean, we'd be nothing but hypocrites if we had anything but, a positive position on this aside from if we wanted to be a little petty and say, you know, how come we weren't consulted, but you know, we'll put that one aside for right now. Bodog hit us up. Um, we've actually hit you up before, but let's put that one aside for now. Um, yeah, I'm curious to see, you know, like all things, I'm sure if it hasn't happened already, there's going to be some pushback on this. Um, I'm very curious to read the piece or pieces if there aren't, if they aren't already out yet about like, 
the sanctity of amateur sport and you know what does this do for and who knows may, like maybe this could have a negative repercussion on players i, I don't want to sound like such a jackass in, in saying that there couldn't be anything bad about it but uh you know in, in so many facets whether it's you know the conversation of how to get more asses in the seats eyes on the tvs for these major games getting these games on tv i'm all about doing whatever it, we can to grow the sport I, like you said i think this is a step in that direction so We'll see if that translates to regular if, season. Uh, I if, I, if I can bet on the, uh, you know, Latvian women's uh, handball final in Europe on Betway, why can't I get a little OUA football, baby? It's not, you know, what's, what's fair that, is fair. That's where, is that why you couldn't put money on Western? Your your money my, was all my, tied up my, with my, Latvian women's handball? My assets were tied up or something. <laughs> Let's just say that. <laughs> In, in that in that beautiful piece of paper you will be given on your way out of of your program that that lovely sheet of paper that i am also in the process of getting my own sheet of paper from another institution but uh another piece of, uh, that we we should touch on of course is that before the vanier we had the national the u sports awards come out and to say the least the oua cleaned up um you know good job by uh, by our boys um starting at the top um number five mr trey four taking home the heck um i i'm feeling exactly the sort of position we left off on i feel like you were a bit more bullish on this after he got the oua mvp that i feel like on our last pod you were pretty confident that that was going to secure the heck well what did you think about him, him taking that home i mean it seemed like like you, i think you were saying once he got the oua mvp this was a almost a done deal yeah, I mean, not his best season statistically, but I think kind of, you know, gets to a point where uh, you look at the guy's career and the reality is he deserves a heck crate. I mean, you know, I'm not I don't know what Chris Merchant's numbers were in 2019, but I felt like a similar type of thing there. I mean, you look at someone's career and it's like, huh, this guy doesn't want to head crate yet. Like, he should probably want to head crate. Um, so I think for a trade to kind of graduate without that, um, probably like would have been, uh, you know, a bit of a travesty. I mean, given kind of, um, <laughs> I don't know what to call it, inspiration or, you know, energy, whatever you want to call it, that he's brought to to the league over the years. I mean, he definitely deserves it. So, um, you know, regardless of, you know, like we were talking about his 250 yards per game, I, he was way over 300 in the past. But, I mean, the reality is the guy's career, he, he's more than deserving. So I have no problem with it. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's it, it definitely makes the the story of Trey for it, it, it fits the story and not to say that it was a narrative driven award. Uh, I'm sure that was in some people's minds, but it's like you just look at the production he's put up. And even when you compare it to contemporaries, it would be weird if I mean, it's going to be weird going back and looking through the story of Trey Ford and being just saying like, wait, he didn't win a playoff game like that doesn't make sense. But you know what? You He's know, definitely... they say the greatest players, man. Some of them don't win playoff games, Zach. There's another number five uh, back in the day that also had a bit of yellow in his jersey. And he didn't win a playoff game either, but people thought he was real damn good. And you know what? He didn't get his head Creighton. <laughs> so he's nothing. Did he get two OUA MVPs? Any... <laughs> Don't worry. There was a guy. Hey, if it makes you feel any better, there was a guy with two fives on his jersey, also with some yellow on it, who who, who didn't. Well, actually, you know what? He he won some playoff games. No MVPs, no accolades for him. But we'll move off of this this name game. Shout out to Trey Ford. Uh, we'll we'll talk about him a little bit more once we get into sort of team by team going through 
sort of the state of affairs where we think these teams are going to be. And, uh, you know, a little spoiler alert, not feeling so hot about Waterloo. Um, but another uh, OUA winner on the U Sports stage, um, your boy or your boys, the Queen's Golden Gales, the head man, Steve Schneider, taking home the Frank Tyndall Award for uh, Coach of the Year. Obviously, the uh, Queen's going 6-0, and making the trip to the 8s, which I think we were we were fairly uh, in sync about defending that performance, prof- uh, defending that game. I mean, I guess we, you can play kind of the hindsight game of being, well, I mean, they did play the eventual Vanier Cup champs, um, so, you know, I think you had a funny little turn of phrase where it's like, you know, this is it's his Western that they're facing off against. And, uh, you know, it takes almost a perfect game to beat them. Um, maybe we need to revisit that Guelph game and really see what happened there. But uh, nonetheless, um, Coach Snyder taking home the top uh, top coaching award in the country. Uh, thoughts on that, Nate? Yeah, I mean, coming off a year with no playoffs in 2019 and not in 2018 either. I mean, I, I think there's really no question going from kind of where they were um, to an undefeated season. I mean, there's no other really story like that in the country. Uh, at least uh, I think I pay attention enough to that stuff that I would have noticed. Um, but no, I think there's, there's really no question that, uh, you know, it, it was the right guy there. Um, and I think for me, it was especially, you know, insightful talking to some guys that I played with that are still kicking around there. Um, really talking about how how special of a year it was and how special of a team that they felt they had. Um, so definitely well deserved, and you know we'll uh, we'll see if we can keep it up in the future. Most definitely. Uh, sticking with the OUA winners from the U Sports stage, we'll move over to the JP Metris Most Outstanding Lineman, which, uh, to no surprise, Western's own Deontay Knight took that one home. Uh, a, a guy who, you know, we definitely talked about. There was definitely weeks where, you know, Western was just doing their thing so consistently that it seems like he kind of got lost in the mix a little bit. But uh, a guy who, even when he didn't necessarily show out on the box score, when you're actually watching for games like you're seeing quarterbacks have to you know run for their lives scramble out of the pocket guys having to rush um rush their throws just blowing plays up um you know i'd say outside of on uh staying in ontario federico is probably the only other guy we could really make a strong case for as far as lyman not really knowing the state of uh lyman Outside of the province, I can't really speak to who he was competing against, but Deontay Knight taking home the Metris. Any thoughts on that one? Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's tricky when, you know, you play for Western and uh, we all just see the purple jerseys and the same thing after year after year. So uh, sometimes individual guys get lost a bit in the shuffle just because program such a machine. Uh, you know, same thing at like Alabama or whatever. You know, you want to make comparisons there. Um, but no, I think even especially kind of uh, watching his performance in the Vanier Cup, I mean, just such a big impact there. You know, I have no, no qualms about it. Definitely deserved. Yeah, no, it seems like with Western, the whole is usually greater than its parts, and those parts are usually pretty great to begin with. Um, maybe you look at a situation like Waterloo to contrast it, where uh, at least one of those parts in particular, Mr. Trey Ford is seemingly greater than the whole, but yeah, with Western kind of that point, it's easy to sometimes get lost in the shuffle. Um, You know, 
we'd be remiss to not give shout outs to just the rest of these award winners. Um, there are a few more in Ontario uh, who won out of Ontario. Um, the uh, President's Trophy, most outstanding defensive player, went to Josiah Shackle out of Alberta, linebacker. Um, you know, it took me a few times reading it because it doesn't say AJ Allen. Um, so I was just not sure if maybe I was half sleeping, uh, half asleep, and just reading it incorrectly. But, you know, I'm, I'm sure he's well deserving. And, you know, to AJ, obviously, first team all Canadian, hell of a year. He's going to go back to the CFL this year after another great year. And hopefully he'll stick um, stick with uh, Saskatchewan and, and have a great career there. Um, so I'm sure, you know, you know, he 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 had an outstanding career, and while I'm sure he would have loved to take home that President's Trophy, um, one of the best linebackers we've seen in a while. Um, rookie of the year went to Jalen Greaves of the Concordia Stingers. Once again, not wanting to sound like too much of a jackass, not having a good sense of what the football uh, or who the top performers are out of the province. But I mean, I I know he didn't. I I get it. He didn't start every game, and I get. I'm gonna invoke a little bit of hindsight in this one but how the guy who ends up winning the vanier cup mvp in evan hillock doesn't win rookie of the year uh for all of you sports kind of is kind of baffling so i throw this to you a on just your general comments b do you have a feel for jalen greaves um out of concordia um at all um i mean it's actually funny i think i saw a couple People I follow on Instagram, you know, posting uh, and congratulating him. So, uh, you know, I think uh, he's, he's got some respect for sure. Uh, you know, look, just looking at his numbers, you know, um, 27 receptions, five touchdowns on the year, you know, started all eight games. Uh, it's pretty good. And you know what? The OUA can't win every award. Uh, Evan Hillock has his, his Vanier Cup MVP. I'm sure he's happy enough with that. Sorry, you couldn't get Rookie of the Year, but uh, I'm sure uh, his awards career is not over yet. So, sorry you missed this one, buddy, but uh, I'm sure you'll be okay. I'm sure you're happy uh, with the Vanya Cup. That's probably pretty good, too. <laughs> yeah, no, I- I'm sure I'm sure Evan's doing fine. It's just a little, once again, not having the full coverage of U-Sports, so I won't say too, too much on it. can't speak to, to, to Greaves. I'm sure he's an outstanding performer. Those numbers, especially for a rookie, well, for any any year player uh, are outstanding for a receiver um so yeah we'll put that one away um the russ jackson award uh at the u sport uh level as well went to francis perron uh once again just an incredible uh recognition of uh of perron uh obviously the for those who don't know uh russ jackson essentially top sort of student athlete community member in the football community. So uh, a, a great acknowledgement of everything he did for his community and for during his football career and, and as a, an incredible student athlete. Um, and as well, a, another award from the tr- award winner from the OUA who won on the U sports level, my guy, coach Michael McDonald, winning the uh, assistant coach of the year award, or I suppose at the OUA level, I think it was volunteer coach. And on this level, he won the assistant coach of the year. Uh, I know we kind of invoked the idea of narratives a little bit in, in talking about Trey Ford and all that. I, I, Coach McDonald is retiring after this year, so could have been a way as well being like, hey, you know what? He's had an incredible, done an incredible job at Guelph and a great recognition of what he's done there. Part of the Eights Cup champion team uh, returned to another Eights Cup, which we won't talk about. The outcome of that one was at a couple of the Eights Cups. Before. So great career there for him. Um, 
So that's the quick kind of, well, that's the wrap on the U Sports winners. Any last notes on all those? Anything that stood out for you with any of the all Canadians? We won't go through everyone uh, on those lists, but anything before we move off of that topic, Nate? I'm, uh, I'm interested, you know, I, I'm, I'm waiting with beta breath, Zach. I, you know, I'm really looking forward to, uh, you know, going into the future of the OUA. But uh, before that, so, you know, let's dive into your picks. What do you say? <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay let's do it then uh let, let's have let's you know let's do what we do so well on this show which is have a little fun at my expense and that's and i'm okay with that so let's rock and roll so to recap we obviously know western champions of ontario champions of canada uh the standings in the oua on the east side of things we had queen six and oh once again big part and steve snyder picking up the uh frank tyndall award top coach in all of ontario then we had Toronto three and three in second, Ottawa three and three, Carlton two and four, York at zero and six. Then on the west side of things, Western finished up five and one, Laurier three and three, Guelph three and three, Waterloo three and three, Mac three and three, Windsor two and four. Um, all of those three and threes giving me a bit of PTSD to when we had to figure out how the uh, playoffs were going to break down. But you know, in the end, I think it actually made a little sense. So that's how that's the reality of the situation. That's how you know. Things actually went down. Now, for those of you who recall, um, before uh, the the kind and lovely Mr. Nate Hobbs joined the show, um, and before uh, Dakota Bovine or w- whatever that term was uh, you used earlier for the mold Luvine. Luvine, pardon me. Uh, when Mr. Dakota Luvine, who was still uh, part of our uh, our podcasting programming here, him and I did a little way too early prediction pod where after the schedule was dropped, we used the very few to no insights we had about where these teams were going to be looking or how they were going to be looking coming off the COVID year with the double recruit class, the double senior class, but decided nonetheless that we would plant our flags on how we thought the season would go. So with no further ado, let me give you my prediction going back several months before the season started on how I thought the season was going to go. Uh, let's start with the uh, the East. We had first place, a 6-0 team, but not the Queen's Golden Gales. The Carlton Ravens, 6-0, baby. Didn't work out so hot for me, but I didn't know what was going to happen with DeYoung. I'm sorry, all right? Then I had a 3-3 team in second place, but it wasn't Toronto. It was the Ottawa GGs, followed closely by the Queen's Gales, also at 3-3. And then bottom of the barrel, I had Toronto at 2-4, York at 0-6. So I got that part right. I got the record and the actual team, you know, correct. If, if you go through my predictions on how teams' records are going to finish, I got that right. 6-0, and 3-3, 3-3, and 2-4, and 0-6. I just, I mixed up exactly which team went in which slot. So I I don't know. I, I'm still new in this whole teaching thing, Nate, but from your point of view, do I get half marks there if I got the record right but the team wrong, or does it all just get thrown out in complete try again? What's your take on my sort of look ahead at the East or the my preview? Uh, I'm looking at my sheet here. Uh, I'm taking it down. <laughs> I'm carrying the one. It's half. It's a quarter mark. You know, whatever. <laughs> slide, slide some teams around. You got, you got <laughs> your York Lions correct uh, at the bottom of the table. So, you know, I think nothing to be ashamed of there. Close enough. Give me all the flowers for predicting the York Lions would go 0 and 6. How could I have ever in a million years got that one right? Sliding over to the West. Um, 
you know, I, I I don't know if I get any marks. I'm just kind of looking at this. Uh, I got, let me, I got, yeah, I got nothing right. Um, so I had, uh, I had McMaster at the top of the, the herd um, going uh, uh, six, 6 and 0 um, undefeated. Um, that went a little different uh, than I had thought it was going to go. I had Waterloo coming in second in the West sitting at uh, f- 5 and 1. I guess I forgot that they always finish 500, but call me, you know, optimistic. Um, I had then Western going four and two because, you know, I absolutely thought this was going to be a down year for them. I mean, they went five, you know, one extra win or than I thought it was going to, I mean, I'm sorry, Deontay Knight. I, I didn't believe in you guys. And clearly that's what motivated you. Rookie quarterback, transfer quarterback and all, all wait, the other wait, question wait, marks wait. all I, these teams had. You're at the school. You get that motor. Are you going to get a ring sack? Um, well, you know what? Actually, um, I, I don't know. I was hoping if 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 Guelph won the West, there there was rumors that there were going to be OUA West Championship rings um, for Guelph. Since uh, you know, I had I was I was waiting for you know this is where I was begging Dakota to come on just to make that joke because I knew I I know he wanted to make it because he he loves making fun of our Yates Cup rings but I don't know I'm gonna I'm gonna have a talk with my my people there um you know they they're not so they don't really like getting back to me but I'm gonna throw out another olive branch and you know we'll see what they have to say but back to the task at hand. Uh, you know, a bit of a drop off after the four and two Western Mustangs I had. Um, I had Guelph uh, sitting at two and four. So, you know, that shows how much faith I had in, in my own Griffins. Uh, Laurier also at two and four. And then at the bottom of the barrel, Windsor at 0 and six. So once again, I'll read those real quick. East, Carlton 6-0, Ottawa 3-3, Queens 3-3, Toronto 2-4, York 0-6. In the West, Mac 6-0, Waterloo 5-1, Western 4-2, Guelph 2-4, Laurier 2-4, Windsor 0-6. Nate Hobbs, um, I'm not even going to ask you to try and you know bend your brain to give me any credit for anything in there. What was the least embarrassing well we i guess the least embarrassing part in there is maybe getting the york piece correct but maybe that should have been a gimme what is is there anything in those standings that i that we can say it wasn't a complete failure on my part or should i just burn all of this recording right now and quit this podcast a complete a complete failure is harsh i mean this just speaks to uh the parody of the oua right is what makes the league so great no no, you don't know what's gonna happen i don't know what's gonna happen uh i have the the shield of uh being a a latecomer to this year's rendition of the podcast so hey i'm happy to stand by and and say tis tis for your bad performance but um you know, being a little high on Mac, uh, I don't know. I mean, the Western, the, the question marks were there. I, I think, you know, they'll maybe they'll be there again. I don't know. They're losing some guys, but I mean, the young core that's in place, um, you know, I'm not going to blame you for that one, four and two, because I, I, I know you weren't alone there. Um, but, you know, the Waterloo five and one pick. You know, I know you've been a big Trey Four guy all year, but uh, yeah, that one's tough. That one's tough. Yeah. I mean, as much yeah. as you know, Mac probably, I guess, looks the worst of them all. Um, but yeah, for for me, well, yeah, here's that would be the one that maybe I would, if I, we were to go back and do this exercise, and I could tell my, I would say, hmm, Waterloo five and one, huh? 
Well, so here's I guess here's the interesting part with the with the Waterloo piece is that you know they finished three and three. Um, in in going back through the games because we you know we had the schedule so we were going week by week to actually take to pick each outcome. It wasn't just like arbitrarily. I think you know so and so will finish with such and such a record. Um, I think the two major ones like where I struck out big with Waterloo was I thought they were going to beat Guelph. And if we go back to that game, it was in Guelph. That's where Trey Ford left. In it may have may have been late second quarter, late first half, might have been. Um, I, I feel like Guelph, Guelph, I think, already had some momentum. But of course, once once five left the game, like it was a done deal. Um, I also had them beating Western, which uh, <laughs> that that didn't work out so hot. But you know, we'll move off that part, that point. Um, it wasn't my year, you know. It, it wasn't my year. It wasn't, you know. It was just it. It wasn't Zach's year this year. That's okay. It happens. We assist, you know. We don't. We don't try and get it right. We try, we don't try and be right. We just try and get this, it. This right. would you know, be a very boring improve. exercise if uh, we just were applauding your efforts. So you know, I appreciate. Uh, you know, anytime you have a story, uh, us humans, what we love is we don't love Superman, Zach. Okay, we love the Spider-Mans, the Batmans. We love the flaws. We love the flaws. We love to pick up the flaws because we can relate to them, Zach. So uh, hats off to you for being uh, maybe a, a bit too relatable, I guess, in your, <laughs> in your flaws. I'll, I'll take it then. <laughs>